The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And the separation continues. Everywhere there's an assault against what is moral, what is right. Even things that are unbelievable. Even for me, writing they fired the first shot. And then seeing this come to fruition. Still a shocking. We saw it coming. We saw it planned. We saw it planned through indoctrination. And yet, when it shows up at our door, you're almost in disbelief. As a PhD write to me this week, saying about the book, They Fried the First Shot, it indicates that the chapter, which is 29, will be about service programs or indoctrination. Really? School programs that target our best and brightest students to serve the community, churches, and others can only be seen two ways, being highly critical or condemnation-wise of what I wrote. Because 
she herself is a head of a service leadership program at a university. She says, she says, if you people such as yourself do not believe that a program like mine is set up on solid Christian practice, practices, to say that it is instead set up to indoctrinate students is highly incorrect. The honor program is set up to ask students to think critically about language use. What does that mean? That means these PhDs who have to put these titles behind them, thinking nobody else is any smarter than they are or have any more common sense, that you don't know because you don't have that title, that you can't think yourself. So they teach these students to think critically. What? By using language, changing mankind to humankind, changing verbiage and the way they use verbiage, to disguise abominable lifestyles, using a three-letter word to make it nice and socially acceptable. Critical about language use. So that's what she teaches. Critical about the historical context of not only our nation and its ideas, she writes, but also about the context of ideas in their major fields. So she's teaching about being critical about the founding of our nation. Look at it more critical. Don't just accept it because the forefathers said it. And of course, that's historical. What applies then doesn't apply now. She rejects the whole premise, her letter goes on and says, of this is indoctrination. I don't. I stand by it. She's indoctrinated. She's part of the problem. She goes on and says, we examine the ways by her students, we, the students, her and the students. She guides them. She indoctrinates them. But she says, it's like we together. In other words, we examine the ways in which the rhetoric of fear is often employed by many groups such as yours in order, or rather in order to encourage people to act upon false premises. False premises? People like this don't even realize they're vessels of indoctrination. They believe what they do. And they're part of the plan. They're part of the system. They're part of evil. She even went on to say, I'll probably join the others who sued you in the past. So be it. Do that. Change the letter. Don't irritate me any further. She's the PhD. I'm a dirt digger. You don't like the book, so what? What's the problem? The problem is, it's making inroads. It's got state legislatures in Colorado passing laws to curve the sheriff's power because it's working. We talked about Nancy Pelosi last week speaking about, oh, we we, we got to defend the Constitution. That's, that's from, that statement derives from they fired the first shot. Why? Because it's so strong about the oath, and she goes on and says, as I said last week, that we have to defend the oath of the Constitution. Because in they fire the first shot, you can't defeat that. It's factual. It's not indoctrination. It's laid out. We see some alarming things happening. And these people are such stupidgeons. They're so educated beyond their intelligence, they can't even see a step back. This woman hasn't even read the book. A glance through the table of contents, she says, begins with the ideas. There are no devils left in hell. 
followed by an idea that we may be letting ourselves to be fed to the lions. The idea that we may be fed to the lions, maybe, to scare you? The Holy Father, Pope Benedict, John Paul both said, never have we had so many martyrs in the 1900s, last century. And it's just beginning. Fear? Well, let's see what they're doing on the other side. This mindset, who, this almighty mindset of what they believe we're indoctrinated by. There was a clip just played on NSBNC or MSNBC about what they want to do with your children. And we're indoctrinating? We're just making this up? Here's reality. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. We have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to the parents. This is his PhD. They see it as their way. Us as educators. It is us as educators. That's how they see it. Your kids don't belong to you. And they've got a right to form them. Because they've been indoctrinating what they believe in these service programs and where Obama's headed with this stuff. They think they're the ones in the righteous cause and we're the ones that just don't know any better. We're just stupid parents. We have no right to our kids. This private notion. What does it mean? The, you know what the program's called? Lean Forward Program, which is covered in the Friday the First Shot months ago that Obama's come up with this, with his gang, because it's a socialist verbiage. Remember the PhD? We ask students to think critically about language use. Well, Ford is the motto of his campaign, Obama's campaign, and where he's going. It's a socialist, socialist and basically communist notion of verbiage that's used. So they use this language. They think critically of the language. They look at it, how to use it, how to change the culture through words. I've got that, and look what happened when you're sleeping. I've got that, and they fired the first shot. Language is very important, and we play right along with it. Don't use a three-letter word describing abominable lifestyles. Say what it is. It's abominable. The other word makes it nice and normalizes it. This is part of the professors. Oh, well, we got to be sensitive. we got to call this perversion, this outright filth, dirt. we got to call it a nice word. They're using this on you, and you pay no attention because they got a title behind their name, meaning, and thinking, well, they know more than I do. No, they don't. The education system and the intellectual elite now have narrowed down the thinking. And so there's a report about this whole thing, Joan's going to read now, about this Lean Forward program and this breakthrough. And In and, and fact, she says, we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to the parents. Unbelievable. Webster's Dictionary means... Uh, the definition of break is to, when she says break through, it means to be free, 
delivering, to separate, to burst open by force, to divide, by piercing or penetrating, to make breaches or gaps, by battering as in a wall, to destroy, crush, weaken or impair, to shatter, to infringe or violate. These people are dangerous. These professors are very dangerous people. There was a president of a university who died a couple years ago who said he read everything that's written from here and he believes it and accepts it. He had read, look what happened while sleeping, highly critical about these universities' professors. He says he battles all the time. He was president of the university. And he was forming all his philosophies on what was coming out of here. Why? Because they're based on these messages. Who is wisdom? Who's not telling us to go on to these avenues of intellectualism? But to base our belief in her son, what she said, the salvation of common sense. That's how we'll be saved. The word, her son, is salvation. It is common sense. Parents and media critics were aghast after a host from MSNBC called for collective care of communities' children instead of parents taking care of their kids themselves. MSNBC host Melissa Harris-Perry recorded a commercial for the network in which she stated that children do not belong to their parents but are instead the responsibility of the members of their community. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children, she says. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. She said this in a spot for the network's Lean Forward campaign and continued. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Harris Perry's views ignited a firestorm of anger and disbelief. The notion that children belong to a state government rather than their own flesh and blood is the most disturbing statement made in recent political times. Melissa Harris-Perry is dead wrong. It's unfathomable that any true American could make such a pretentious and naively ill statement. Media communications expert and parent Angie Olszewski said this. The government can't properly run their own budgets, schools, and public systems. Why would anyone think they could rear children? The Media Research Center's Director of Media Analysis, Tim Graham, called the MSNBC spot frightening. It's bad enough that Lean Forward already sounds like an ad for Mayo's Little Red Book, then to have your network's hosts talk about your children being part of the collective is just spooky, he said. I think most parents disappoint MSNBC with their traditional beliefs that their children are theirs to love and raise as they feel is best. They don't want to surrender their parental rights to the village. It's this same contempt for education beginning in the home that spurs many parents into homeschooling. However, there are also those who argue that Harris-Perry's comments are a step in the right direction when it comes to tackling the issue of improving education. 
I totally agree that it takes a village. Although parents have the greatest influence on their children, society and its messages are powerful. It is up to us as educators and concerned community members to do what we can to make sure those messages are the ones we want our children to hear, explained school administrator Dr. Janet R. Wutalik. You see the mentality. It says it is up to us as educators and concerned community members to do what we can to make sure those messages, what's the message? Indoctrination? Critical use of language? Critical views of our founding of our nation? Were these old men who wrote this Constitution? Is this applicable now? To make sure those messages are the ones we want our children to hear. Who is we? The educators. That's how the Senate started. It is up to us as educators. They want to take your children. You don't believe that? Then listen to what was written, and they fire the first shot. This is... From the chapter entitled Service Programs or Indoctrination. Is that chapter 29? 25. 25. But the PhD wrote chapter 29. <laughs> you may be thinking service programs sound good and that we're making a mountain out of a molehill. In the book Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, written in 2007, it was reported that many government school programs have targeted the most gifted and talented youth around the country for enrollment. The programs cover a wide array of topics from leadership to music appreciation to career guidance seminars, but these topics were only a cover for indoctrination programs to lead youth away from their traditional Judeo-Christian family and American values and lead them into the radical socialist culture of death agenda. The following excerpt comes from Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. If a fisherman knows how to use the best lure to catch the prize fish, Satan, who is not dumb, but rather has a superior intellect, will lure the best minds with attractive tactics to capture and transform the minds of our youth. These groups have an agenda, but they are purposely picking the top cream of our youth to indoctrinate and change their thinking. They are very clever and mostly successful in doing so. In September 2006, a mother and father from out of town decided to visit our mission at Caritas. Spending some time before picking up their daughter from the National Young Leaders State Conference held at the Hilton Hotel in Birmingham, Alabama. They told us it was sponsored by the Congressional Youth Leadership Conference. They, of course, were honored that their daughter was invited. All that faded when they picked her up. She was confused in what once was her firm beliefs, formed by strong Christian teachings. In the next days, the parents found out the three topics of discussion were number one, cloning, number two, abortion, number three, the right to die. Is it even necessary to ask what cloning, abortion, and the right to die have to do with congressional youth leadership skills? While they have nothing to do with these issues, they have everything to do with manipulating the minds of impressionable youth because, as Hitler said, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. Take note that the seminar covered only a five-day period. Five days was enough to shake the foundations of a young girl raised in a strong Christian traditional American home. What of those youth who had no moral foundation set for them previously? 
What kind of impact are these government programs having on them, as well as the entire left-leaning educational establishment that the majority of American children attend? As also reported in Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, Dr. Dan Smithwick, head of the Nehemiah Institute in South Dakota, tested 20,000 students in over 1,000 high schools in four worldviews, Christian theism, moderate Christian, secular humanism, and socialism. The results alarmingly show that a plunge downward toward hardcore secular humanism and socialism is taking place in Christian schools as well as public schools. The downward plunge just moves a little slower for Christian schools. He says the Christian student in the public school system in the United States of America will fall to socialism in 2014, while modern-day Christian school students will land there four years later in 2018. It's amazing. Tim Graham, what Joan read a little earlier, said, I think most parents disappoint NSNBC with their traditional beliefs that the children are there to love, raise, as they feel best. But what this says is an admission that we know what we're doing, and yet this is prevailing over us. He's right to say, I think most parents think that, yeah. But what are you doing? You're entrusting this to those who say of themselves, it is up to us as educators and concerned community members to do what we can to make sure those messages are the ones we want our children to hear. That's not speaking from the parent and the family. As Tim Grant is, thinking, okay, we're for this way, we're going to disappoint NSBS. No, they got the agenda. George Barner, when he wrote this thing I did on the research, and look what happened while he's sleeping, which was quoted in They Fried the First Shot, he did, a, he did a survey. It came out that 9% of all teenagers in the United States are certain that there is, su- are certain that there is such a thing as absolute moral, moral truth. Only 9%. In other words, God is God. Murder is murder. There's moral truths that we cannot deviate from. 6% say absolute truth probably exists, although they could be persuaded otherwise. They can be persuaded that absolute truth, the laws of nature, all these things, may not be so, even though they say they believe it, probably exists. 8% are certain there is not and cannot be such a thing as moral truth. 21% say that probably is no moral truth, although it's possible, and 55% really don't know what to think on the whole issue. Barner discovered that today's parents do not see it is their, it is their role to influence and form moral truth and the views of the children. Barner states, this is one of the scariest things to come out of our research in a long time. It's funny. Scariest thing. The PhD was writing, what you're doing is scary. Barner writes, from our side, it's scary. What Tim Grant said is spooky and it's frightening. So they see it as scary, we see it as scary. Who's spooky? Who's from the light? Who's from darkness? Barna said, this is one of the scariest things to come out of our research in a long time. I'm not saying that the parents don't love their, their kids. They love their kids and want their kids and want to be with them. But in terms of shaping their core fundamental truth, views, and moral views, That's not something that's part of the agenda. 
And so we're giving our kids to us educators, those educators out there who think like this PhD, who are very dangerous people. Very dangerous. And they're running the show. While you're at work, while you're doing these things, and it's not that it's so blatant, it's subling. Some of it's hidden, it's under the radar. We've got all kinds of things happening right now, curving the sheriff's power. Colorado state legislature is going there and trying to pass this because they see we're fighting back. They find the first shots open up. We're hearing letters from everywhere. Five sheriffs getting together over here. Other people are doing this. Just got to read something on my desk right here. Something from, where is this? The Delaware Coalition. They're meeting about it. And their law enforcement's getting there because the only thing we have recourse is what the book says. This stuff is being rammed down our throat. And when they can, when they can play a clip of, of a person saying what this says, you should be scared. You should be in fear. Enough to pray and be in fear of God. Our lady's not coming for any reason other than what we're hearing when somebody says this. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. So what does this got to do with metagenomics? Everything. People send their kids to universities for make a living, make money. Everything's geared around that. It's part of the system. It's part of the grant system. The service uh, programs that tied to the honors students are required. And they, again, they don't need, but like what Ronald Reagan said about Hollywood, they only want 5% of the party line in the movie. They don't have to have the whole curriculum on corrupt things, just 5%. And many of these teachers know not what they do, but they do it. I don't believe for a minute this PhD who wrote me has read the book thoroughly with any kind of open heart because you'd see it. Because we have had people reform. We have had people saying, I had no idea I was participating in this. But then you have the hardcore who's close to really the elements of God, who's in so much socialist justice, they can't see what real justice is anymore because they are indoctrinated. They're blind. So we got a polarizing, a separating philosophical, moral truth, spiritual thought that our ladies come to divide. She didn't come for diversity and say, everybody can be you and you can be me. We can all get along. We can all be in sin. We can do this and we can be spiritual. We can be holy. Everybody can be one big poo. No, this is what Jesus says. I've come for my peace. My peace is not my, uh, my peace is not man's peace. My peace is a sword. It divides. This is division time. You have to understand that. And when an economic collapse or crisis occurs, you're going to see all these things factor in with these kids who believe only 6% or so, or was it 9%, 9% who believe in moral truth, and the others can be persuaded even though they believe it, the rest, I don't know what to think, 55%, we're in trouble. You better take your kids and you better start teaching them. You better start indoctrinating them with moral truth. Because if you don't indoctrinate them, they will. It's like I say always, one's going to prevail. 
That's what teaching is about, is to show this, to teach it. Indoctrinated doesn't have to have a negative concept, although they say it because they ascribe the right is doing that, or those who walk on moral truth is moral truth. Because they want to say, oh, we don't want indoctrination. Just make up your mind here. Look at this critical. Look at this subject in a critical matter. You know, I'm not saying you're not to believe it. I'm not saying you're not to believe the forefathers. I'm not saying not to believe your Christian Christian values. We just got something in about the army who put out a, on a seminar to, to, to some of their... They gave a, um, a, a training based in Pennsylvania. And, and the sheet that they passed out is religious extremism. On the top of the list is the evangelicals. And the Catholic Church is right behind that. Amazing. This is in the U.S. Army. Oh, yes, the chaplain's got a hold of the, of the diocese of the world for the Catholic Church and the uh, Protestants for the military. They demanded something be done. They re- repealed it. But this is where they are. They're right, if they're doing this, they're everywhere. So are we headed. That's why Lady's coming. That's why she's coming to talk to us. Frank? Yeah. Jesus in his time came, and he gave those with physical blindness sight. Our entire economy now is based on the miracle of the media to give those, to make those with physical sight blind. And I'll explain that by uh, someone called me and said, it's, it's blatantly obvious that the silver market is being manipulated. Everyone knows that now. It's not uh, speculation or conspiracy theory. It, it's being manipulated. Uh, the government won't intervene. The CFTC won't regulate. And the government won't make this, the CFTC regulate because it's a matter of national security or uh, global. The, the global economy will have a negative effect if the silver market is regulated. So where you could buy uh, hedge funds or um, end users could buy $30 billion of silver in the paper market today, if $1 billion or $2 billion came in to buy physical silver, it would cause a snowball effect that there'd be no silver available. And everybody would be scrambling. The 800 million ounces, entire global mine supply, is being, uh, there's open interest in the market right now. So in other words, 800 million ounces are sold, just in comics alone. That's and for, uh, Frank, that's a, that's a one-year mining. That's not in the day. That is absolutely correct. It does not exist in any other market. Nothing comes close. So I can say definitively that it's not a matter of prophecy anymore, that silver's an accident waiting to happen. Where, very logically, by natural law, you want your money to be, as Joan read on one of the show, the ten things that money's supposed to be. Silver meets all these. The dollar doesn't meet any of them. The, the fiat money doesn't meet any of them. So logically, you want your store of wealth to be in something that's finite, in something that will continue to increase in value because the demand is increasing and the supply is limited. The dollar's the complete opposite. The supply is infinite. And the demand will never meet the supply. So it's guaranteed the dollar will purchase less over time. 
and it's guaranteed that silver by its nature will become more valuable over time. But the world is blind to this, so blind that, that a, a small number of additional demand, we, we have global demand around 100 million ounces. If, it, if another few billion came, another 50 million ounces this month, it's going to create a snowball effect. So these manipulators are the allies of those that need more time. Simply, and this, this miracle is uh, sustaining us and giving us more time. But these are your competitors. If you're waiting to buy silver, you have end users that are, that are using the, the paper market to hedge that need silver. If they can't get it in the physical market, they're going to come right to Comex and demand delivery. And it's not going to be available. And when this event occurs, all the things we're talking about, the, the, the windows close and the opportunity is over. So uh, it's, it, it's startling that, you know, um, what was said on MSNBC. It's just startling uh, how, you know, your writings continue to be prophecy fulfilled, all of them. And, and how important it is to see where it is that we're standing and to take advantage of the opportunities that we have now um, that I'm just uh, fascinated by the things I saw this week in terms of they fired the first shot 2012 and in, in terms of how this is affecting secular authority and what they're doing about it. It's, uh, it gives tremendous hope, but we, we have to see where we're standing right now and, and how late it is and how important it is to act on the things that Our Lady has shown you and, and the things that, that you've written for us. Also, too, uh, keep in mind that this coming week, April 18th through the 20th, is the uh, New Communities Conference. That conference is based on the book They Fired the First Shot, 2012. This uh, is a must for those of you who are wanting to implement everything that has been spelled out and outlined and they fired the first shot 2012 and, and let, let, let allow us just to say one thing about they fired the first shot this is not a book uh, that um, just speaking for, for a friend of Medjugorje this is not a book that uh, it's a book you write because you want to write it it's a book you write because it has to be written it has to be written so for the need for the world today there is no source out there that has so clearly defined what's taking place, that's clearly defining the direction that it's leading, and uh, look what happened while you were sleeping, written in 2007 or 2006, uh, was another example. Everything that was said in there uh, has come to pass. And so we're into the next phase, which is they fired the first shot. So if, if you want to know what's happening in the world, you have to read this book. And if you want others to know what's going on in the world, you need to be spreading this book. So again, they fired the first shot. Uh, the conference is April 18th through the 20th. And uh, for those of you who are in the Springfield and St. Louis area, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be uh, sharing his encounters, uh, his testimony uh, with Our Lady and the messages and the, putting those messages into life. Uh, that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, today, tonight. Uh, Friday and Saturday, so uh, there's information on Medj.com with that uh, with that information. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686.
You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And we're looking forward to seeing everyone next week at the conference. Very exciting. And so it's important that you understand that if you don't ground your children, yourself, don't depend on us, the educators, as they tell themselves, who view themselves as we need to get the message to them. It's the parents' responsibility. It's your responsibility. If you don't ground them in this, if you don't indoctrinate them in this, they will. You gotta, you gotta ground them in moral truth. Are you gonna lose them? The agenda's there. Our lady's not coming for a picnic. She's here thirty-one years now, because this is exactly what she foresaw, or God foresaw and sent her for us to foresee. And we're here. It's all materializing every day. And it is scary. And it is why he says, for the one who prays is not afraid of the future. One who fasts is not afraid of evil. Meaning, there's going to be things to be frightful about. When you hear this, and they sit there and think, well, parents are going to reject this. They're not. They're still going on with the education systems, allowing these things to happen. You've got to stop it. You've got to stand up. They fired the first shot. Contains the battle plan. Spread it everywhere. Make it your cause. Make it what it is that you do every day. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.